I've worked around creative people my entire career. It's allowed me to witness how the creative process works for many different types of people. I saw how ideas are turned into clothing or photos or a campaign. Being able to see how differently people approach things and produce work in a unique way is fascinating to me. That curiosity into the creative process was why I wanted to talk to my guest today, Noah Kalina. He's a photographer, but he does so much more than that. Noah also has a unique talent of taking any medium, be it a podcast, a newsletter, and making it interesting and different, and putting his own quirky spin on it. I wanted to talk to him about his story and find out about his process. We also get to talk about his chickens a bit, which have been getting a lot of exposure recently. I heard they signed with IMG, but I hope you enjoy our chat. Noah, good to see you. Thanks for thanks for talking to me, taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've got a view, a full view of your, I think your backyard, and I see some chickens walking around back there. Yeah, um, yeah. the The way I have this set up now is uh, so you look. I would. I'm back, totally backlit, so you don't. You can't. You can barely see my face. I'm like, it's like. That's intentional. <laughs> but I was thinking uh, the studio doors look so much cooler. Um, and I should probably figure out how to light this properly. Although I knew that I figured this wasn't a video podcast. Oh, no. It's, you know, and so just for everyone listening, usually it depends on and what anyone wants to do. But a lot of times, like, we'll do like this over Zoom or over a video chat just so there's a little more interaction. And um, that's why I always weirdly say, nice to see you. And People probably listening think that's strange things to say. Um, are your chickens? Do they feel just more influencery today after being in the New York Times? Uh, oh yeah, that was the Times of London. It's oh funny. sorry, um, I saw I yeah, only saw no, that on Twitter. Yeah. I saw the photos yeah, the, and that was it. The Sunday Times of London, which I don't know, <laughs> is that a big one? I think it is. I think that's is that the equivalent, the New York Times equivalent. Um, you know, I should the way probably... that layout looked, it looked very like tabloid style, but I think that's just maybe what all of their newspapers look like. I have no idea. Was it in the life section? I, you know, maybe it was more the section because I feel like certain yeah. sections get m more of a modern layout than others. Yeah. It's one uh, of the I've... big five newspapers in, in Definitely. The, the signature of the photo editor um it looked very legitimate it that was like a logo that i was like oh yeah i know this even though i didn't really know it but i was like this is definitely a big paper uh but yeah marcel now has this huge ego uh, <laughs> uh stompers is just stompers he you know he doesn't care about things like that but marcel is really out of control these days do you feel like a real trendsetter? I don't want to say trendsetter, but um, do, you, do you feel like you've been doing the upstate chicken thing before it was pandemic cool to do that? Oh, yeah, I have. Do, do you have a lot of resentment? I don't then? know if I, it, I just think I think it's cool. Cool. I, I recommend chickens. I think if you can figure out how to do it, you should do it like they're awesome. But. <laughs> Did it's, you get any chickens? Did you get them in the mail or did you buy them locally? 
Yeah. Well, Marcel is actually not a mail order chicken. He's a chicken we picked up at some random person's house in Pennsylvania, which is not recommended. You should never do that because people who breed at home, you end up bringing home like this kind of diseased chickens or when you order online, you can get them vaccinated so they don't get certain diseases. Mm. Uh, definitely, definitely the way to go for everyone who's listening, who now all of a sudden wants to start a small flock of chickens. Uh, there's plenty of online hatcheries, so, and they're all probably the, <laughs> have, essentially the same. Have you Some repurposed have websites? Have you repurposed your trail cam now that you don't need it to watch the chickens? Have you lost any chickens? Yeah, over the years. I mean, I guess I've had the chickens for four or five years now, maybe not five, maybe four wow. years. But uh, yeah, over the years, we've lost a, a bunch. I mean, they they come and go. Marcel is one of the oldest at this point. I've t- Marcel and this hen, Dottie, she's, she's also from the original flock. But yeah, I mean, 10, 15 have gone. And I mean, some just get sick and die. Some have been taken by animals. That's the worst is when yeah. a predator gets them. Uh, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, they just, they just free range. They obviously have a place they can go to and that's protected, but mm-hmm. keeping chickens just in a run is just completely tragic. Mm-hmm. You do, they, they are roamers. I wanted to get a GPS, like a little GPS beacon to put on Marcel because I suspect he probably walks f- at least five miles a day. I mean, this guy's got, he's got a path. Like, I mean, he is always active every now and then. And he is getting a little older, so he does go roost pretty early in the day. You know, and also it's based on the sun. They're basically blind at night, so they just naturally go and roost when it starts, the sun starts going down. Uh-huh. Every now and then I'll like, come across and he's just kind of sitting just like anywhere, just like in the yard. It's sometimes, it looks scary. It looks like something happened, but he's just like, <laughs> re- just decided to take a rest. Um, yeah, I, but, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. how did you start photographing them? I mean, how did that, I want to, I want to really ask you like how all of these things that you, you seem to have a lot of, uh, you, you seem to have a lot of things that you do sort of habitually, right? Oh yeah. Um, which is yeah. which I find very interesting, and I think you've, you know, used that in a way to propel everything else you're doing, and which I think it's it's very difficult to do. You know, to you know, just I'll, I'll let you answer that, and then we I can keep going with it. But how did you start? You know, how did you start photographing the chickens? Well, is it just it's I I mean I guess I'm not like a shutterbug. I'm not someone who like everywhere I go, I got to take pictures and like I'm with, with a camera dangling around my, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, around my neck, um, which is cool. I think people who do that are, are interesting and uh, can make good work that way. It's just not really my thing. Most of my projects come from just, I start with my phone, really. It's like, and then I'm like, oh, this is good. I start like seeing it that way. Like, Everything starts kind of shitty. And then once I, I start like 
after a little bit of time, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, there's something here. And then I, I start upgrading the equipment mm-hmm. I use and like the intention I have when, when trying to make the work. Um, but yeah, I mean, this could, that could be, I could be talking about a couple of different things there with the chickens. I mean, chickens, that's, that could be its whole podcast in and of itself. Cause there's so much to talk about when it comes to chickens. But that was one of those things where I, I, I was talking to someone, some local person, and she was showing me photos of her chickens. And I was like, wow, that I just like got so into it. And I came home and I asked my girlfriend and I was just like, I do, I want to get chickens. And it was the, and then like two days later we had chickens and th- that's not the way to do things like this. Like, like they, they require a lot of work and like, but at the same time, I think, uh, sometimes just going into things completely blind is maybe the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you just kind of jump in, no research. That's kind of my, my thing is like, I don't know anything about this, but people have been doing it for thousands of years. It can't be that hard, right? Yeah. It's like, let's build I, a house. I feel like if there, if there weren't, if that knowledge gap didn't exist, like I wouldn't have done anything successful in my life. Right. Like if you know all the pitfalls or, or the challenges and things, you're not going to actually like jump in and do them because you'd be, you'd say, Oh no, it's going to be too much work. We could, could never get chickens, you know? Uh, oh, totally. And, and really when people ask me for advice, I pretty much end up probably talking them out of it by just telling them too much where it's like, just, where I should just be like, just do it. Like the only problem is they are animals and like, this is some serious shit. Like you, you want to treat animals well. So, so you can't like just kind of willy nilly get into raising animals. Like yeah. that's cruel. Um, what, what does end up happening and what is tragic and what a lot of people don't know or expect is like, you will get, you will end up with more than one rooster and that's a major problem on a few levels. Um, one is they're just, well, if you have more than one, they fight. So mm-hmm. like they literally cockfight and it's brutal. Like I have two roosters now, but one totally knows it's split. Stompers is the beta rooster. And anytime Marcel comes, he runs away and they, they, they are able to coexist. <laughs> uh, but there was a time when I had eight roosters cause we hatched the eggs, like just like let a hen sit on the eggs for 20 days and mm-hmm. got out of the 10 that hatched six were roosters. <laughs> and for the first five or so months, it's fine. Cause they're not really yeah, they're small. roosters yet. Uh, Stompers is right here. I don't know if you see. Yeah. Him. I saw him walking by. Um, <laughs> uh, but once they start becoming the men, like they start crowing. I mean, I'm at six roosters, like crowing every day, nonstop. Cause roosters don't just crow in the morning. They crow all day long. Um, and then also if something sets them off, they all just start yelling, like not even a crow. Like, so it was like very, very stressful. And cause you just can't get anything done. You have to like settle them down and then no one wants them. Like they're not you like you can't just give them to people like no one no one will take a rooster, so you have to kind of figure you like you either have to kill it yourself or you fit i've i've done I'm not gonna say what I do because it's it's people 
I mean, if it might if be, it might, it might help. people might take it the wrong way or might I, not I be don't able kill to them. It. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, I don't kill them, but, um, it's, I fi- you figure out a way and though with that batch of six, I found a guy who's like this artist up here who is like, who I saw on his Instagram had roosters and had posted, just posted that he lost his rooster. And so I wrote him and I was like, do you want some roosters? And he's like, I love just having roosters. And he took six of them. Oh my gosh. Um, so Amazing. that like saved me because <laughs> it was really rough um, for a while. Like, but, so, uh, so, yeah. on, on, so let's, let's go back to that. We could yeah. talk about, we could talk a lot about chickens. I, I'm, I'm pretty interested in it. I wanted to get chickens, but I think there's too many coyotes around here for me to, you know, successfully have chickens that have a, any sort of quality of life. Um, also, I, yeah. I don't, I don't think I need to manage that right now. Not, not at it's, this moment. Yeah. We see our chickens when we go to Kauai, <laughs> they're always around. Oh yeah. I love that. I mean, that's how everywhere should be really. It's, it's just it, wild chickens everywhere. It's It is wild. It's crazy. Wait, so what are the other, so I saw the tree photographs or the, you know, the forest photographs that you're doing that series. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I remember, I think it was North 7th and Barry, D- Domino Sugar Factory. That's oh, yeah, I did Domino Sugar Factory. Because my studio did, was right there. Um, how so. long did you do that? those photographs? I heard Hold on one second, sir. Sure. Cut that, cut that. Um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes I hear some crazy things and I'm like, oh, is a fox out there? It's, it can't, <laughs> this is really stressful. Um, uh yeah, Domino Sugar Factory. It was like when I was like shooting film and I would like, and I literally lived on the corner of South First and Kent Avenue, which is now, I guess, like what the Vice building is in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I'd shoot film and then like literally like killing a role, I would go out and shoot the corner of that building. I, I, I lived under the fear that that building would one day just start being under construction and like my like life would be hell with because of the noise yeah yeah um and i i ended up leaving right before it started i mean that was like financial crisis years so it was like very like obviously this was going to become something but it was like when is it going to become something yeah uh, i left about a year before it started construction but uh anyway uh yeah that was one of those things i mean Meanwhile, I was doing the self-portrait everyday thing. So, and and walking over to River and North First Street, where there's like a lookout there, where of the city that. I oh was yeah. In. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things where it started as something to do, do, and then it becomes something more regular that I just do more often. You know, it starts slow. Like most of the most of the projects, the ongoing things that I have going on now, it's like I did did it every now and then when I got around to it. And then eventually over time, I'm like, oh, yeah, the, the, now I'm seeing what I'm doing and it starts evolving into a real project. So, and then, so how many real projects would you say you have going right now? Uh, one. Hold on, let me count. Well, I'll just say it out loud because otherwise that would be bad radio. <laughs> so I, I have my everyday self-portrait project. That's Which one, you've I'm been two. doing for 20 years yeah, or more. 20. It's actually earlier January of this year was the 20 year anniversary. Wow. Um, so that was like the one that started it all, I guess. Um, so, 
and I, and now like the city ones i don't really do because i never go to the city anymore uh but mm-hmm. it it's kind of on hold but definitely river and north first well and even domino sugar factory will both look totally insanely different now yeah definitely domino at this point and uh <laughs> um the I mean, building that-, that they're going going to make on river and north first like the designs for it I wonder if they've broken ground. I just haven't been down there in like a year now. But that building is going to be fucking insane. Like, so, and that's kind of what that project was all about. It was like this view that like one day this will not be a view anymore. And I've always loved that about New York City and like how, and when I early, early work I did in the city, which was like photographing bars and restaurants, um, how just everything changed so fast. And like you'd go to one neighborhood and then that building wasn't even there anymore. Or there's like a whole new building there and yeah. rest, everything changes. Yeah. Um, it's like, so, the, I always think about that on Houston and Broadway where there's, oh yeah. you know, where the DKNY sign was and then <laughs> yeah. it became the Abercrombie sign. Yeah. And now it's a building and the subway entrance yeah. and the fruit stand is gone. Yeah. You know, and, and when I, it's just like that little sliver of a, of a, piece of land then they build some building on it you know oh totally yeah it's yeah, wild so, but i like that the, you do you do those series and then you can you actually get to grasp the change in in a very compressed amount of time right because you've been going over all these years yeah it's like watching you change from a college student to you know oh totally a, a, i mean i mean with with river north first i mean literally nothing has been there it's been a lot um and I think it was because it was like a super fun site. I mean, before it was even just a lot, I lived there and there were like these big oil tankers there. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever that ground is, was is totally yeah. toxic. Or, or so it's th- like, or, or it could be like some eccentric, crazy person. Like, you know, on the West side or on the, um, on the FDR, there's like that huge piece of land. Like I want to say, like 32nd street or 30th street, there's a huge piece of like empty land. It might oh, be yeah. developed now, but I just always went yeah. by that and thought like, why isn't that a huge building? Like, why is it isn't just that Hudson empty? yards now? Basically? Oh no. Sorry. I'm talking about the other side, not the West oh. side where the FDR. There's like oh, a okay. big, there's like a big sort of Hudson yardsy like type of area, but it's just like, it's like almost like it's been cleared, but nothing ever happened. And I'm like to some, I'm, I've read oh, stories yeah. about it along oh. the way, but, a lot of times I, I did build something. I love that. Like there's some weird area that's empty for no reason because some crazy landlord or, you know, some, someone that owns it. Yeah. Know. I, I kind of have a feeling that the, and this, I don't know, this might not be fact, but like there was a old vice documentary. I don't like early vice. Do you remember they did a thing called toxic Williamsburg? Yeah. You ever yeah. see that one? Yeah. And like, just like, it was mostly in Greenpoint, but there were definitely like places around Williamsburg, just how like the ground was just completely poisonous. And even they went over to like Radiac, like which was literally right next door to my studio. And mm-hmm. part of the reason why I was like kind of glad to leave after like, I don't know, I was there like eight years or something, but it was like, this is probably just not good for me to stay here any longer uh, just because of the smells and whatever yeah. is coming up from under the ground here um i mean it's like like, it's like guanas like and they throw a whole foods in there and like yeah the the guanas canal is like they're finally starting i just read that they're cleaning it up 
Um, yeah, I mean, about time. It's crazy. I mean, the, these places are, they're toxic. And that particular one, just considering where River North First is, just considering what was there, which was, I think, like, legit, like, giant oil tankers that probably stored, if not oil, like, something yeah. toxic. I think, like, they, they actually just have to wait a certain amount of time for it to, like, either seep away or, like, be a race from people's memories enough. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when a building is there, they're not like, isn't that ground just like radiating some toxic mist into the building? <laughs> um, that's so, like the thing about Williamsburg that I always thought was so strange. It's like, you're going to pay, you know, millions of dollars to live on like a super fun site. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's weird. It is weird, but like it is one stop into Manhattan. So yeah, it's like the most convenient place. It's weird. It took, <laughs> it's weird that it got as dilapidated as it did. Right. Because it's so convenient. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think just, I, it was just like whatever it was zoned. I mean, it was just pure industry. Yeah. I mean, when I got there in 2006, like, it was already people were like, oh, it's so over. Uh, and like, it, it totally wasn't. And it was definitely desolate. Now it's over. Uh, <laughs> 14 years later, whatever. Now it's like definitely over. But um, um, yeah, I mean, that, uh, that area is crazy. I mean, there's just no like... Well, they've done, they've done some good work on the parks and the riverfront because that is just like what was so valuable, that, yeah. that like stretch, which is finally emerging as like useful, yeah. beautiful space. Um, but, so, uh, so I guess your life is different now instead of like walking to, to that view, you're walking, you know, like to look at a beautiful tree in the woods and yeah. It's it's yes. interesting, like how you've <laughs> how you've evolved, right? And you've changed, and your sort of need to be in the city has changed a lot. It seems like, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think part part of it is I, de I definitely went to school in New York City. I went to SVA, um, and I like, and I grew up on Long Island, going into the city and going to shows. So that was like the city was definitely a huge part of my life. But I think one thing was like I never really liked it that much like <laughs> like of course like it's like just filled with everything and opportunity and it's definitely where you should be anyone should be if they want like a career in whatever <laughs> depends yeah, on what you're looking at yeah exactly i mean it, it could be a lot of different things it could be finance yeah, exactly. or anything creative or you know yeah um but uh but at a certain point i was I was just like finding myself like I, I always had a car and every weekend or whenever I could, I would just try to leave and like go upstate. And it, it always became like, a, a, it was like one of my goals was like to like find a, like get a house mm -hmm. outside of the city. Like that would, um, and certainly when I did move, uh, I kept a place in the city. So I was back and forth. Like it wasn't like full-time upstate. Mm -hmm. for, and that, that took, that took a few, I think, four years or so before that happened where, where um, you are upstate have you seen a lot of people come up i mean does it seem like crazier than ever because of the pandemic well i don't, I don't see anyone <laughs> <laughs> like literally like i'm just secluded secluded i mean i hear and definitely like now like 
neighbors, quote unquote, like people, even just on my block though, like definitely more people and like people you would like say are like cool. Um, <laughs> you know, or like, like people who I would have maybe normally hung out with in the city are now up here. Mm-hmm. And that, that's great. Like I, some, I, I think people go back and forth with that. They want their place to be totally undiscovered and completely off the grid. But I like that their shit is happening. Like, um, I don't know, you know, it, it, it's, it's nice to have like, I, I don't even like to say like-minded because I think that's, that's kind of dumb, but like just, uh, just more of like a culture, cultural offering of, uh, people who are into the same things, even though yeah. that makes no sense. Yeah, even though you can't see them. Yeah, I just, just it what well, and it was well in many ways it was like in New York. Like I never went out. I just like to know that it existed. <laughs> like, yeah, I like to know that the opportunity did exist. Like if I could get anything I want. Yeah, um, yeah, just knowing knowing it's there. I mean, that's how yeah. I felt for a long time. I was like, I go to the same eight restaurants. Like, why do I need to live in a place that has like a yeah. hundred new restaurants opening every week? Yeah, and exactly. When, when I never I, go. I don't know what is going to happen with the city. And I, certainly there's been a few people who I've met upstate who are definitely back and forth and who have like since sold or gotten rid of their apartments in the city. Cause it was like, like, what's the point? Like yeah. if you can't go to a restaurant, if you can't go to a show, like what, why? Why? I, I think it'll. Know. I think that'll be over soon. It's. I think this is going to ultimately be painful, but ultimately good for the city, because I think it'll make things more affordable, and finally open things up to be more creative or more interesting. Um, I mean, that's that's kind of where I think it'll go. I would never count New York yeah. out. You know. It's, oh no. No. I mean, I think it's like, you know, it'll not in not too long it'll it'll be interesting you know to see how it how it re- responds to all of this yeah um yeah. you know i i read this i read one interview where you talked about shooting restaurant bars and restaurants for the aol city guide yeah and i i thought that was pretty interesting and and i don't mean this in a don't take this in a bad way but you seem you, you just you seem one you like you wanted to work and you didn't seem super precious about the work you were doing. Um, I think that, you know, there are certain things that you care deeply about and probably are categorized differently than shooting a bar or a restaurant, you know, as a freelancer or whatever. Um, but do you, how do you approach like your work? And do you find, do you find you're very precious about everything that you do or how, how do you mentally compartmentalize that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that I that's I guess that is kind of an interesting thing about my career is like the diversity of the type of work that I've done over the years. Um and I, I think a lot of it came down to just like it was like part of the hustle and the you know, the struggle. It's like I never wanted a real job and I've never had a real job. I've never really worked for anyone. So it was like, if I'm going to do this and be like a freelancer, like I got to work and, you know, certain things came my way and I was like, this is kind of cool. And this kind of, you know, and this isn't too hard or mm-hmm. stressful. And the restaurant thing, I was like, I mean, that was like before food became like a thing. So I, I, I 
you know, I was the first photographer for Eater and I was, I was contributing to Curbed before Curbed made Eater. And then when Eater started, I was like the main photo mm -hmm. photographer on that site. So it was like the food scene, like wasn't really a thing yet. So like, I think I would have approached it totally different if it was, um, but, and I, I almost wish I saw it clear, clearer yeah, back yeah. then. Um, like knew it was going to come time, on. It was like, it was like legit, just a job. Like I just like got a list of new places and I just went and did it. And it was like, it wasn't like, Oh, what cool hot chef is this? Like, like it was literally early. Like this was like David Chang era and eater like loved, David Chang and like when from the Momofuku noodle bar and then he opened up Sam and I was over always over there when that place just opened and David was just there in an empty restaurant and like he's like what am I gonna do this is gonna I, like it was like it was a failure you know and it, so it, it was like it was like that early pre-food becoming like the cool thing and internet wasn't even really the only certain, it w I, I mean, I wasn't even walking around with a smartphone. So it was like, that's how different the <laughs> yeah. the world was. So I, I literally drew up like paper maps and walked around the city. Like, but you're, you know, it was interesting because you're like, you're like, this is maybe not exactly what I want to do with my photography career, but I'm getting paid to take pictures. Exactly. So I'm moving towards yeah. the goal, right? Yeah, exactly. And it was like, and yeah, exactly. And it'd be published and like, and that wasn't every day. It was a couple of days a week, if that, that I would go out and do that. And then I'd shoot, you know, I'd get a, a magazine editorial here and there. Like I always kind of wanted to shoot people. So like little by little, I'd do that. Oh, um, and, yeah, and I read you were shooting headshots and you, and you, yeah, I mean that, that was like before, yeah, almost pre, um, the restaurant stuff, like cheap headshots from Craigslist where <laughs> that was just weird and I was terrible at it. Um, <clears throat> but I, I but, think, uh, it's, I think all that stuff is like, I, I, you were kind of just like, I'm just going to figure this out. You know, yeah. I don't, there's no roadmap to me being a photographer. Yeah. Uh, you know, it makes me wonder how <laughs> would you, how would you, you know, say like a young person DMs you on Instagram and they say, you know, I want to become a photographer like you. What should I do? What would you tell them? Fuck if I, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, well, and the world just changes so much. I mean, I would just say like any opportunity or, or like find what you really like and go for it. That was kind of the thing is like I drifted and it was just like whatever opportunity presented itself. But like now I think people become like, way more attached to a specific type of thing that they really like. So, um, and like, so if you're into food, like you can just start shoot food all the time and meet a chef and shoot their food and go to different restaurants and do that kind of stuff. Um, or if people, you know, if it's people you get, you know, you rent a studio or you have them just come to your place or you go that, you know, you just gotta like shoot all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. And then little by little, like your name kind of gets around. It's, I mean, you know, this, it's just like, it's like who, you know, and who you meet. And it's like, Oh, my friend's starting this clothing line. Why don't you shoot this lookbook or, uh, you know, cause I did a bunch of lookbooks back in the day. Um, just random people. Like it's just like, it didn't ma matter. It was almost like, Oh, you're a photographer. Take photos. It wasn't like, 
what's your Instagram look like? Like how cool, how cool are you? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, so. and I've, I've worked with people like I, I mean, I've worked with a lot of photographers over the years and it's interesting. Some people just want to work and they don't care. Like I knew like yeah. if cer- certain situations, like we have something weird, you know, it's like certain people, they're like, cool, let's figure it out to them. It's like the diversity of the project is what is compelling to them, or they just always want to work. They don't care, you know, like what they're doing or, you know, obviously there's bigger things, but it's interesting. You know, you've done a lot of different types of things and, you know, it's, and all kind of by your own, you know, you've made it happen for yourself, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting because like I always wanted to work, but I never worked that much. And I think, it was the times that I wasn't working that I was just shooting whatever I wanted, like a model or like, you know, a landscape or a trip trip. Like that was the work that I would like publish online. I very rarely, and even still to this day, like very rarely post like work, work photos. Cause I, most of the time I just kind of don't like it. Like, I just don't think it's like me. I always wish I could have that style where my, like the, the job that I was shooting, like was it's also, all- it's all one thing, like everything yeah. you do personally. Sometimes that happens, but a lot of the work I do, you know, like, like even last year, it was like, um, I did like the Morgan Stanley head, like headshots, like for the CEOs of Morgan's, you know, which is great. Cause it's like a really nice, big, hearty budget and everything. But it's like, I would never, that shit's not going on my website. I'm not putting, <laughs> I'm not putting those photos on my Instagram. Like, like, hell no. Like, and there's, and I, I struggle with it. Cause it's like, how can I make this? Like, it is my style. And it's like, just, I, it just isn't. Well, I think, <laughs> I think that, you know, it's, you do a lot of other things. So you have, you know, this wonderful newsletter that you write. Um, you're doing all consuming the podcast with Adam um, yeah. about all the DTC stuff. And we, we let's, let's talk about that. Definitely. We'll but get into that. Yeah. You, you know, you need to, I think it's like anything else. It's like, I have to do marketing work to enable me to be able to do the, you know, the, which I enjoy to, you know, to a degree, it's still work, you know, work is a four letter word. And, you know, I think I have to do some of that stuff so I can do the things like this that I'm, you know, more passionate about, or just more personally interested in. I think that's, I mean, I think that's a lesson in itself for people. It's like, it's not always going to be exactly the way you want it to be. You know, even someone like you, who I think yeah. a lot of people would look at and see as extremely successful and, and want to have your career. I think, you know, they, you know, even you will express, you know, even you have, I don't want to say like complaints about it, but like you, there are certain things that you maybe want to do that haven't lined up for you. Right. And it's just, a factor of, you know, of life. Right. Oh yeah, totally. Well, and also it's like, we kind of edit our lives, like, and what we present to, to yeah. the world. So. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're it, editing uh, everything coming in and going out, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't Part of me, you know, like I said, it was like, it was like, I just want to like survive and not have a real job. And I just kind of want to have be not have a lot of stress and just like be kind of happy. Like, and like, um, like I, th- these are things I was able to fulfill by like, just kind of going with the flow, like never really setting like a goal. So much. 
Like I've never been a goal maker. Um, like, oh, I got to be in this magazine or have a show and this time. Like I just kind of feel like those things, they just kind of happen and I just I'm not going to like stress over those things. Like yeah. um, it just kind of ha- like naturally occurs. Yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, I I think I'm I'm very similar type of, you know, I have a very similar type of program, you know. I just I don't want to stress about stuff. Like I don't want to live my life just constantly like overwhelmed by stress and and yeah. and just trying to worry about like where what are, where I'm trying to go and whatever and it's just to liberate yourself from that is pretty huge, I think. You know, I just saw like the men in my family like you know, the stress was like a lot of what killed them, yeah. you know? Yeah, oh, to totally. Me, to me, that was very scary. Um, yeah. Well, that said, I, I'm still super stressed all the time, and especially this year. <laughs> I mean, um, but you talk about this time. in the newsletter. You're always yeah. like, this gives me anxiety or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously varying degrees, but like, yeah, like, we have good years and bad years. And I mean, this year is particularly shitty because like most of my work dealt with like going places. Mm-hmm. So, so like that just kind of wrote off like a whole lot of shit for me. Yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, did that make you sort of diversify what you're doing and say like, I'm going to do this podcast or, or I'm going to, you know, focus on the newsletter or, or there's other commercial things I maybe want to do. Yeah, exactly. You have to do. That's, that's kind of the thing is like, I'm, I'm sort of into not going places now. I mean, I I do desperately miss traveling and I might actually have a place to go in a couple of weeks for a job, Mm -hmm. which would be literally the first, like the last week of the year would be the first one of the year. Um, Wow. But uh, like, um, I don't mind not, not going, but there's, there's some, it feels actually way more healthy and I feel so much better. It's funny when I, I was always on the road and doing stuff like, I was like, Oh, I think I was kind of sick all the time. Like kind of had a sore throat all the time or something. <laughs> like, was I like vaguely catching colds all along the way? Um, so yeah, just having to be in one place, like I, I like it. I like, and I love the place where I live. So um, I don't feel like, I need to necessarily go anywhere, but like, but yeah, the, the newsletter was always going to be like, kind of like this kind of like lost leader, like promotional vehicle. Um, but then it just kind of evolved into like, Oh, maybe this is like, maybe this is a medium for me. Like this is my magazine and like, I can like tell my stories here. And, um, and maybe, maybe this is something that can make money and, that's the fucking dream actually like the goal like <laughs> to publish my own thing that like can support itself and i can do these kind of dumb and ridiculous things um and just send it like that's that's amazing like not having like really not having to deal with client work how, how like, do you think about the editorial that like how do you think about what you put into the newsletter like how did the amazon like headlamp newsletter happened. <laughs> yeah like how does that well happen? so that yeah that one was so crazy that was i was i was actually at my mail and this is i don't really plan week to week every now and then i have like an idea and i can be done with it by thursday and be like great like but sometimes i don't have an idea till like saturday morning which is just completely fucked 
<laughs> and uh, I had no idea that that particular week. Um, and I actually did pivot on it and ended up putting up something different. But like I was at my mailbox and I had a flyer from, I got a flyer from Uline, you know, that mm-hmm. company Uline. Mm-hmm. The, and it had the headlamp advertised on it. And I was like, it just like was so ridiculous. And Uline has the best. You've gone through the Uline catalog. Oh, yeah. Catalog, right? I actually, I have a big beef with Uline with always sending the catalog. Like I'll buy boxes or something and then yeah. they include the catalog every time. And it's like, can you just send me one catalog a quarter? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, yeah, that said, the, the, the stuff inside is amazing. And the <laughs> photography is ridiculous. I, I thought that was like an Amazon um, thing. Cause I was like, I want to, I want to know what your Amazon Q is, you know? Oh, like, oh yeah. Well, well it, it turned into an Amazon thing, but just because I, I didn't want to actually buy it on Uline cause that company is actually kind of canceled. Like the <laughs> yeah, people who, who, who own it are like, you know, hardcore Republican donors. And I don't know, it's hard to get, you could go, go on about this about literally every place you buy, but they're particularly kind of <laughs> fucked up, the Uline people. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, so I was like, oh, I love this headlamp. I'm not going to buy it on Uline. Let's see if they have it on Amazon. And then I was just going to do a review of like the headlamp, like how well it works as like a light. But then as I was like kind of thinking about it, I was like, I just turned it into a story about, you know, I don't know, about it kind of possessing me and I was doing weird things and being caught on security cameras with it. Um, (laughs) How long did it take you to put that together then? Yeah, I mean, well, so that's kind of the thing is like in, in many ways, I'm like turning it into like my job. So I'm like spending the week working on a newsletter. Like, so obviously not like full time, but it's like, oh, today I got to shoot this one and today I got to tomorrow I'm going to go over there and make sure I can get that photo. And um, so, I mean, it's less than minimum wage is what that's paying right now. But, (laughs) but then, you know, that's a funny thing. Like, I don't want to get into this too much because, you know, I don't think I'm the right person to talk about it, but, and then people say like, I don't want to be paying to like subscribe to this newsletter or whatever, you know? Um, And that's more of a me thing than a you thing because your newsletter is free. Yeah. Well, I started asking for donations and surprisingly, like it, it, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's still not enough, but it's definitely nice um, that like people do it. Um, but, the past but, couple weeks. But, but you spend a lot of time doing it and it's not just yeah. that you're spending a lot of time doing it. You've also spent a career building like the necessary <laughs> skills to get to this point, to be able to do it. Right. And, and that's the thing where it's like, you know, this is like the famous argument about any photographer or creative field. It's like, you could do this in 10 minutes. Like, why are you charging me? You know? Right. And it's like, yeah, it took oh, me, totally. It took yeah. Me you're so not long. paying for the 10 minutes. You're paying for the 30 years of suffering that <laughs> led to this, that led to that 10 minutes. <laughs> so, 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 you know, all the Amazon stuff and, and that makes me just like go sort of draw a line to like all the startup brands that you, you know you guys cover on all consuming which is surprisingly more serious i think than i would have expected it to be right like i think you guys you, the website is sort of jokey like it, the whole framing of all all of it seems like a little bit of a um like you guys are i don't know yeah giving them a hard time and sort of you know playing into like how everything's the same, but then the reviews seem very serious. Um, 
you know, you're giving everyone like a pretty fair shot, it seems like. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess there's, it's really Adam and I just get on the, the line and just, it's like, it's like the baseline way to start a conversation. And that's like, that's obviously what it's about, but we'll just kind of go on about anything. And it's just like, a, and I yeah, think yeah. we do try to make, make each other laugh. Like <laughs> we want to have fun. I mean, the, the whole thing is, it, it, it's ridiculous. Like that's a, the, the conceit is like, it's just like these, you don't need any of this shit. Um, and I, that's um, why I was thinking like when I listened to the feels episode, which is like the CBD company, Oh yeah. you know, you, you guys, I was surprised that you were having as much of a reaction from it or seemingly Dude. That, that you were, because I have never felt anything from anything CBD. Agreed. A, a, I, you should, I'm telling you, Order that flight thing. You know, it's funny. We found it. We have it in our house. Like my oh. wife, like knows people. We we know people that work yeah. there. I knew the, about uh, the company, but I yeah. just like never used it because I never felt anything from anything CBD. Uh, well, I I, sugge- I take the high dose. That shit fucked me up, and Adam <laughs> too. I mean, that was like I couldn't believe it. Like that was like really intense like but not in your head right it was like a like no it was no, like if you smoked weed kind of oh it was like it yeah like it was like an edible kind of experience oh, funny um which i which i think is kind of dangerous like because most people don't think cbd is going to do anything yeah or have have nothing nothing happens when they do it and also because it's in like drink like you know reset Reese's or recess that drink there's like all these drinks that have cbd in it yeah and it's like they're just minuscule amounts like this is like some potent shit and the 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 small dose really didn't do anything for me maybe it's hard to tell if it did but the other ones like like the kind of reaction where like the next day like hungover kind of wow funny um so, so how do you guys figure out what you're going to do? I mean, is it, is it like at random, like the companies that you, you want to cover? Yeah. At, the, at this point we kind of have a, a spreadsheet going of stuff we've collected. So, um, but, and, and like shows lined up, but this week, this week is funny. We're going to do this thing called the Axle Glide. Have you heard of this? No. Like the, it's like this thing that, that you use to clean your ears, but it has a camera in it. <laughs> so you can use your smartphone and you can see like the earwax on your phone. It was like one of these that like came up pretty recently what was served as an ad. And I think Adam sent it to me and I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, we got to do that. It was like 60 bucks. So it's like anything under a hundred dollars is like an easier one to agree on. Yeah. You know, when over that is like, Oh fuck! Like, is it you know? It's because we're we have no advertising at this point, and like the shows, you know, we're paying for all this shit ourselves. Um, well, besides the thing, actually, next week is going to be balls. Have you heard of balls? That's like it's just yeah. a razor for shaving yeah. your balls. <laughs> um, so that that when the guy who runs that company saw our commercial they sent us stuff. So we are being furnished things, but yeah, I was going to say, is anyone pitching you? Yeah. The, we had a bunch at first. So we, we've done a few of those actually where we're not paying for it. We're they're I like to say they're being furnished. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 
But and, but then do you feel like you're required to be nice to them? On, on one, I kind of felt that way, but I was still I was still on it. It, it is it is an ethical thing and like some something. And Adam and I have we've we've kind of since talked about this, where it's like we have to be pretty clear with the rules of the show and um, how this works. Uh, like full disclosures when that happens. Yeah, totally. Um, do so. you do you feel like all of these brands that fit into this, like the millennial pink, it's like the font on your website. It's so perfect that like the way the photography is like the, I don't even know how to describe that, where like there's a million boxes in one image, right? Yeah. It's, it's like yeah. The, you guys have nailed that so perfectly, but you know, do you expect like anything to come across that you're like, oh, I'm actually like super into this? And, um, well, I mean, we did, I, I mean, I hope so. I want, well, we did a toilet paper thing called real, which is bamboo toilet paper. Mm -hmm. And I, that's the, that's what I will continue to buy. I like that toilet paper now. Um, that's funny. And you know, I, 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 I want to always like give, all those brands a hard time. Right. And like, say they're all shitty. And then I've come across things that I really like that I think yeah. are actually like wonderful, but it's hard for all of these brands to not just act all the same, which is a huge turnoff. Oh yeah. There's definitely a, a style <laughs> that the, in which they market themselves now. It's weird. Cause it's like, uh, they want, it's the, these brands, they kind of all want to be unique. And like, like you're special, like you're cool if you find them and like you're the only one using it, but it's, that's not like a sustainable model for any brand. Like you need a lot of people to buy your shit. Um, so it can't be like so exclusive or like super cool. Like all of these, all of these products are going to run into this problem where there's only so much Instagram ad and Facebook yeah ad selling you can do right like you kind of have to end up getting yourself into like walmart or some shit I don't yeah. know. which they will um, target right they'll yeah. start they'll start at target um <laughs> and then they'll branch out from there it's the the whole you know the whole universe of that stuff it's like that's the stuff i'm trying to like i don't need a camera into my ear you know like I need to simplify my life. I don't need like more apps to try to navigate, you know? Uh, oh, totally. I have a lot to say about this. We haven't recorded it yet. We're doing it Friday, but um, yeah. <laughs> we'll this, is, listen. this This is, yeah. I think this is going to be a takedown and it'll be nice to, and I mean, meanwhile, we are still kind of, I don't think we want to like really shit on people. There are real humans behind these things. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, yeah. And a lot of, a lot of people are like pouring their lives into these brands. So. <laughs> yeah. But it's weird to think like, there's a guy who's like, it's his life mission to fucking like have this ear Like this is what he thought of to save the world, to change the world was, uh, a thing, a thing that you, so you don't have to use Q-tips anymore. Like, it's so, it's so strange. Yeah. It's, um, it's so weird. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like technology has enabled us to get to the point where we can, you know, everyone has a scope into their ear, 
you know? Yeah. Well, but, but what it is kind of, I mean, it is this little camera and I was like, Oh, this, I can write this off cause it's a camera. Um. <laughs> well, what do you think about like, so the drawing the line from all of this stuff to like the influencer universe and like, I know you've done like some, we met, we, I think the first time we ever met was oh, yeah. like on a Timberland, like influencer thing. Yeah. Yeah. Were we, at, were you on that panel? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. We you, did a, yeah. we did a panel in Brooklyn. I don't remember yeah. exactly. It was that pop-up space on like North second or something. Yeah. Um, and and who else was on the anymore. panel? Do you remember Jeff Carvalho? Yeah. Maybe I don't, I don't remember. Uh, I just remember meeting you there and then I emailed you randomly like two weeks ago and was like, Hey, I love your newsletter. Like, could we, could we chat? I don't know if you remember yeah. me and you're like, I kind of think I know you, but you knew who I was, but like, didn't well, I, really know. I follow you on Twitter. <laughs> I'm disappointed by you on social media. So I know who you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, but what do you think about like the influencer stuff? I mean, uh, I'm like just so fascinated by that world, like in such a high degree. I mean, I joke that I want to be an influencer, um, but I mean, and maybe in many ways I kind of slightly am, but not in that super sellout capacity. I mean, just the, I mean, the idea that like everything you do is like to sell something is is obviously fucking gross, (laughs) but like, but clearly with kid, it's the kids these days, you know, it's funny. It's only like five years or maybe 10 years younger. That shit just doesn't matter to these people, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, to just turn your life into like a billboard for selling shit is absolutely insane. But I did go to art school in an era before social media and like, I, I, I'm on that line where it's like, like I knew, I, I, I always kind of thought like the idea of just being an artist and suffering and starving to make art was insane. Like I was not going to do that. Um, uh-huh. But I did grow up listening to, you know, music and bands. It was like, if your band, if your song was in a commercial, you're the biggest sellout, right? And it's like, um, but slowly that started changing. I mean, it was like Moby at first and then it was like the Black Keys and, yeah. you know, th- like bands like that who like started actually like making fucking money, like just like, but while still being artists. And I thought that was totally acceptable. Um, now, so, and that's kind of how I've lived my life is like, I think I can, I think fully entitled to make money and also have an art practice like i think both you they're not mutually exclusive yeah they can coexist they they can coexist uh but now with influencer stuff these people just are all about making money there's no art and that's just ridiculous but meanwhile when when you look at it and a lot of these influencers like some of them are pretty talented like they do they make like compelling imagery and like you know, it's weird. It's like, it's like, they're not like, like they're not making commercials. They're just using themselves. And I guess that's the thing is like just turning yourself into a brand is just kind of weird. Um, <laughs> when know, the brand I, isn't like art based in art, like yeah. just based in selling something. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think your original point here is that like a lot of young people just don't care 
and you know they're not turned off by it maybe because they don't know you know they don't know any different or they yeah. haven't been exposed to a world where people cared about being a sellout or whatever you know <laughs> yeah um yeah exactly i think every generation that just becomes less and less like i almost remember being like you know i'm like generation x and right it's like at a certain point they're like this is the first generation that like wants to be marketed to or whatever you right. know and that just like every yeah. every generation then becomes more and more open to that um i just think uh I agree. Like, I think a lot of these people are super talented. It's got to be hard to do what they do. A lot of it just to me, like feels very hollow or, you know, there's yeah. just, I don't know. Why do people, I just wonder, honestly, like why do people connect with some of these people when they don't actually do anything? Like, yeah, just exactly. Except besides sell like, you stuff. Yeah. So like, yeah. Wh where's the basis for the connection with those people? And also like, what's, what's authentic about that? Cause it's like, how, how are you trying to tell me that like, this is your life when it's very clearly like not something like it's a sponsored post. Like you can't tell me that like that fucking toaster in your kitchen, you, you love it so much cause you've been living with it. Like, you know, it's just, that's what's so weird is like, but I think, I think part of the success of it. And I think any influencer who, is smart like understands that like most people are probably talking mad shit on them <laughs> and like sharing their posts like only to make fun of them with their friends you know like like look at look at this ridiculous but that's like that like just helps them like that's like it's like there's no shame anymore like in fact like we're like po in a post shame world it's like it's actually almost like the brand like your brand if you're getting dunked on like you're, that's like engagement. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like people respond to it. You know, yeah, we, like, we were talking to um, a chef to like about doing a thing for a brand I work with and um, the rates were like, it was like a short video and they have like, I don't know, 500,000 followers or something like that. And they're like, and their manager is like, you know, the rates for this are like 40 to 50 grand, you know? And you're like, and you see like, you know, these people wow. are making bank, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it's huge money. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, that makes me jealous. <laughs> I would, you know, I, I mean, we all have a price, right. And it's like, I mean, and at a certain point too, it's like, you, you, you know, you work your way up to that and it's like, is your audience worth that? It's weird though, when you come like from an art background and then it's like people follow you because of your art and the, like how like authentic it really is. And then it feels like you're, selling them out mm -hmm. right like you're set like like you're like cheating them by like all of a sudden throwing a sponsored post up yeah um, and yeah. i've done it a couple of times and i've felt so bad like it's like i just this sucks so bad yeah um, i feel the same way it's like yeah even when even a lot of times i would turn down a lot of stuff that just didn't seem to fit and right. then, and so everything's going through like the one filter. I'm sure you're the same way. Maybe, yeah. maybe even more so. It's like everything's going through a couple layers of being weeded out. And then, and then you get to something you're like, oh, this like this is a brand I actually use or like or, you know, yeah. like say the the LED hat, you know, knit hat company comes uh, to you and they're like, hey, would, we want to. <laughs> I would do that in the same. No, but still, even when you do it, then you could just see the reaction is different from people and. Um, you, you know, I think it's like, it always feels, you know, kind of 
kind of bad. Like to your point, it's like I <laughs> yeah. sold I sold everyone out and they're not here for this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe we just have to get over it. I mean, we do have bills to pay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it just brings it's I don't think there's any resolution, right? It's like it just sort of brings up the fundamental question of like how how does the time and energy and creativity I put into something get funded, right? And it's like that's what we're all sort of grappling with or trying to figure out, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, I I guess that's the the part where you know I was saying before it's like you know, I, these jobs that I do, like I never post them. And it's like, that's kind of like, I can like, you know, I can compartmentalize them. And it's like, oh, those, those Morgan Stanley headshots, like that's how I can fund all this other stuff. And no one has to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually feels really nice. I mean, I'll, I'll shoot or direct any commercial like that. I'm not, you know, I don't have to post it. I'm just like, it's just like my job for the day or for the week. Like that to me, that's like the best stuff. Like, well, that's, um, I've, isn't that the challenge, isn't the difficulty in it when the type of like that portrait job comes along, corporate portrait job and they yeah. want you to share it or something. And you're like, I don't, you know, I think that's just, yeah, that very rare, rarely has happened for me where like um, that. And I think at that point, it, it, they got to pay more for that. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to feed those chickens, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean, I get, I guess that's, I don't think that, you know, those, that bank was ever under the assumption that that would yeah. be something that they'd want. Um, yeah. I, and, I, when I said that, I was thinking like, well, it doesn't make sense for the bank, but like some yeah. brand might make you shoot, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say Domino's pizza, but like say, you know, whatever Domino's pizza you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I get, I, it depends, I guess it depends. It's like, Oh, are we doing something where like you just sent me, I'm feeding Domino's pizza to my chickens. Like, okay. Like something where it like fits into like kind of the world that like, I'm like trying to create. Then, what if, yeah, what if it's I, like the, I mean, what if it's the real estate company that developed the Domino, you know, the building, no, uh, the, the <laughs> South first and river, you know, they yeah. hire you to, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, two, I would love to do two, the two trees. Yeah. I mean, Oh, it's two trees. They, they, they own all of basically like that part of Brooklyn, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm hoping cause I own domino sugarfactory.com. So maybe if they're listening, they can buy that. Um, that domain's for sale um, <laughs> and they can buy it from me, from me for, I don't know. What do you think is fair? I'm thinking like $2 million. 2 million. Yeah. Is that low? I mean, that's no agency fee or anything, you know? So it seems like a good deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, was, thanks for spending some time, you know, chatting with me and, and sort of just catching up. And it, it was fun to talk to you. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Good. That, that was fun. 